over the past few years, there's been a major boom within investing, specifically when it comes to investing within the future, when it comes to this mass level of optimism for the future, when it comes to figureheads and the theatrical rise of the likes of Kathy Wood. I think that in the past few years, we've seen huge optimism for innovation. We've seen huge optimism for the likes of Kathy Wood and Invest, in which markets experience a massive bull run. And whilst that rise in popularity for Kathy Wood has not necessarily lasted, I believe there are major lessons we can learn as investors, regardless of your approach when it comes to innovation, the future, investing, and issues with the Kathy Wood-esque approach. Firstly, I believe that investing within innovation is pretty fundamental for investors nowadays based on the apparent technological revolution that the society is experiencing and will experience over the next 10 years or so. I think people really underestimate how much society changes. If you ask someone that's 70 years old, even 60 or 50 years old within today's society, how do you use an iPhone successfully? They find it incredibly difficult. We should not trivialize the amount of innovation that has occurred over the past 10, 15, 20 years, despite the fact I'm going to argue later that there has been stagnation in places. But what we've seen is innovation very much concentrated within the scene of software, computing, um, decentralized kind of permissionless forms of leverage like media and code specifically and long story short if you ask someone that's 50 60 70 years old how do you use uh, a computer that they find it very challenging and many of them cannot successfully do it and the reason being is because society has changed so dramatically uh, within their lifetime that it's almost unrecognizable today so once again i believe that society is at a very interesting inflection point that we are on the cusp of an innovative boom and I want to highlight a very important nuance and this nuance is in relation to the past and many things I've asked myself over the years you know am I right on this philosophy I mean we've had periods of time for example the dot-com bubble the 2000s we've had the cryptocurrency scene revolution recently in which were entirely bubble-like there were thought bubbles huge level of optimism for the future little output actually generated and I've questioned to myself I mean there's been ample times within history, uh, including modern history, in which many people have proclaimed that the future of innovation is going to be outstanding and will far outpace uh, the innovation experience within the current date. But far too often, I think that we've seen these optimistic claims about the future of innovation fizzling out, solely becoming what I call a thought bubble in comparison to real technological innovative output. An example that comes to mind is back within the early 2000s, specifically the dot-com bubble. And to put it very kindly, the dot-com bubble was a period of mass, mass optimism, yet little output, true output at least. And the dot-com bubble was an example of the thought bubble, and it was reflected within the crash of equities. Another example seen more recently was in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency scene. You'd have all these people shouting, yelling that crypto was the future. You had people really, really putting their life savings on crypto, on Bitcoin, in hope of this kind of optimistic philo philosophy that they believed would pan out. And what can be seen is an array of periods in which society proclaimed that new technologies would disrupt and take over. But what actually occurred was a speculative bubble with little to no true output. So you may think, oh, why the hell would I ever uh, think about investing within the future? It's inherently risky. It's far too dangerous. Ample examples of the past in which show uh, that, 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 that there's far too much speculation uh, in this scene and it's far too dangerous. But as with everything in life, I believe that true nuance is where value is found. And it's one of my favorite sayings that I've kind of come up with in the past few days. True nuance is where value is found. Many people in life want to be incredibly kind of diversified. They want to know a lot about 
uh, a range of different things or a little about a range of different things. But in reality, I think true concentration and true nuance is where is where value is found. And that is kind of the, 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 the pinnacle factor uh, of what I would call my philosophy for life, my philosophy for business, investing, whatever it is. As with everything in life, true nuance is where value is found. So I believe that it's just far too reductionistic to point towards these speculative bubbles, point towards people like Cathie Wood, and set an indefinite precedent regarding the inability to, in to, to, to invest within innovation. So I believe it's far too reductionistic to state that if you look at Cathie Wood, if you look at ARK Invest in the failure, if you look at Bitcoin, if you look at these speculative bubbles in the past, I think that it's far too reductionistic to say, look at this, this shows that investing within innovation is a Ponzi. Therefore, I'm setting a precedent. I'm never investing within the future. You go and buy Costco instead or something, or Coca-Cola, a value trap, I would argue. Um, but it's far too reductionistic, I think, to state that these prior events are a reason as to why you should never invest within the future again. I think, once again, reiterating the previous comment, true nuance is where value is found. And one commonality between Crypto.com, the prior innovative bubbles, is that no real output was ever produced. So bear that in mind when investing within innovation. But in the case of the dot-com bubble, people were investing within technologies that were going to be built in the future. And during this era, companies did not even have any products, but solely had an idea related to the internet that were receiving hundreds of millions of dollars in investments. And this time is different. And whilst I say this time is different, there was also huge levels of innovation that came out of these bubbles. I don't think we're necessarily seeing that yet within the cryptocurrency scene. However, when you look back at the dot-com era, you see that whilst 99% of companies were total Ponzi's, huge speculative bubbles, PayPal came out of the dot-com era and ended up producing hundreds of millions of dollars in value for shareholders. Some, uh, sometimes in life, I think true nuance is where, is where value is found. Similarly, Peter Thiel speaks about uh, Facebook and his initial investment within the company. And what you had was a very similar analogous kind of situation in which you had Friendster, you had MySpace, you had all of these kind of uh, hundreds of, of different so-called social media companies, but they were all doing it completely wrong. They were totally differentiated from Facebook. So from an outsider's perspective, you could argue that Peter Thiel and his initial investment within Facebook was speculative. It was just utterly absurd. It was um, too risky. But if you actually look at it, the nuances, if you look at the specific details, you can see that Friendster, for example, had um, slow servers, the website was crashing. He actually said in his own words that it's a miracle that anyone was ever using Friendster in the first place because it crashed every few seconds. So true nuance is where value is found. And I think that's uh, applicable in life. I think that's applicable uh, philosophically when it comes to investing, when it comes to businesses and so on and so forth. But I believe uh, similarly to perhaps uh, prior times in history, we are now at a time in which there's clear technological change occurring. And there's this interesting dynamic that I'm grappling with currently. And that's kind of the notion that within these bubbles, uh, innovation does prevail. You just have to be very specific about where the innovation does come from. And I think uh, you can use that example nowadays. Um, I think that we are at the, f at the forefront of innovation. Innovation will, pr will, will prevail forward. It's just a question of being nuanced. It's a question of being incredibly specific. It's a question of continually testing your thesis. And it's a question of sudden change and nuance and real uh, kind of um, obsession 
over certain industries or companies that I think will lead to true value. Once again, reiterating my point, that true nuance is where real value is found, I fundamentally believe. You have AI, you have general AI, you have eVTOLs, you have psychedelics. All of these are becoming a reality. If not, they are a reality already. So from my perspective, it seems utterly absurd to look at these prior bubbles and subconsciously uh, become scared of investing within the future. I think that the dot-com bubble, I think that perhaps the crypto bubble, there's a case to be made that this has subconsciously scarred the mind of investors. Uh, and now they're totally afraid of, of being optimistic about the future. They're totally afraid about investing within the future, despite the fact that the majority of people that lost money on crypto um, probably never even read the white paper. They never even did their research properly. They listened to people like uh, Michael Saylor. They listened to uh, 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 kind of people solely in their bubble and therefore created an echo chamber. I fundamentally believe uh, researching this area after the crash, uh, did a, lot of, a lot of these people that invested within Bitcoin never read the white paper. They, they didn't have true nuance when it comes to the specific understanding of Bitcoin. My personal opinion, perhaps very controversial, or perhaps incredibly wrong. Ray Dalio mentioned uh, within a recent article uh, by CNBC that we covered also on Dancers.com that the most important force over a long period of time is a man's adaptability and inventiveness. And I believe that this adaptability and inventiveness is in reference to innovation. Man's adaptability is the most important feature and adaptability has got us this far. Adaptability will get us further. I believe we're on the cusp of a technological revolution. So why also do I believe that it's wise to invest within innovation from a personal level? We highlighted what I, what I believe is, is, is the cusp and the start of technological revolutions. But we also have an interesting kind of more sociological change that is occurring within society, which is the changing structure of the world. And this should not be trivialized whatsoever. Furthermore, as we enter into this, what I call increasingly concerning period of chaos, deglobalization, disharmony, uh, and utter chaos, I think that judging from historical standards, you can see that this prior uh, period of chaos, this prior period of deglobalization, these prior periods of disharmony, they've all led to what I call innovative booms. And World War II had a very similar trend in which innovation drastically increased. For example, during prior times of historical chaos, disharmony and deglobalization, one major benefit from these periods was the fact that these time periods resulted within the invention of technologies that disrupted the fabric of society and therefore changed the course of humanity forever. The radar is a very good example of this as seen within World War II, and I've highlighted this in, in, in great detail uh, in the recent days and weeks, the fact that the radar totally changed the course of history, yet many people don't actually know about it. History shows us that during the most important times, during times of warfare, during times of disharmony, during times of chaos, this is where the most important innovative breakthroughs succeed. Kathy would kind of popularize the term that chaos results in innovation succeeding. Innovation succeeds within times of chaos, I think was her terminology, and she's totally correct. Her philosophy is totally correct, and history tells us that she's totally correct. One that was particularly important back in World War II was the use of the radar, in which the radar was fundamental uh, towards transforming Britain into a technological superstar uh, during World War II. Britain, basically before the use of the radar, were drastically losing against the Nazis. And it was almost inevitable that the Nazis would invade the small island and win. But this was until the last minute introduction of the radar, in which drastically changed the course of the war. And the war actually, World War II, was uh, labelled as a secret war, in which Winston Churchill described this as the race for the most powerful technologies. 
So whilst Germany had the best U-boats, they had the best supply chains, they had the best technologies, and they were in reach of basically uh, unfathomable power uh, with the introduction of nuclear weaponry. The radar was one invention, an innovation that changed the course of history and propelled Britain to win uh, in the last few hours. And in July, when Hitler attacked Britain, his generals anticipated that they would totally destroy and disseminate Britain uh, within a matter of hours. But this was totally wrong. The use of the radar set them back drastically and the British radar would detect enemy aircraft before they neared the coast. The intelligence enabled Britain to concentrate their limited forces against each wave of attack. And one German bomber pilot wrote, if there were any more missions like this, our chances of success would be zero. So what you have is the radar being the most influential technology invented during that era, in which totally changed the course of the war. And the reason for the invention of the radar was based on chaos disorder and disharmony, which therefore incentivized innovation. I think society is moving towards a very similar period in which you have increasingly tense and um, scary uh, periods of, of, of nation states becoming more um, individualistic. I suppose you could say we have a period of disharmony uh, when it comes to the Ukrainian and Russian war. Changing world powers is now coming into fruition and innovation will be incentivized. Uh, as it was in prior historical moments, uh, I believe. We also have what is called the accelerated law of returns, and this touched upon a prior uh, topic that I mentioned previously, the fact that if you ask a 60, 70-year-old person today uh, how to use an iPhone, how to use a computer, uh, it's very confusing for them. Why? Because the rate of innovation has happened so drastically over their lifetime that society is almost unrecognizable. I think the same is going to continue, but at an accelerated pace. And this is what the accelerated law of returns basically states. The fact that in the next 100 years, there won't be 100 years of, of innovation. There'll be hundreds of thousands of years of in, in, innovation within the next 100 years. Let me just reiterate that more clearly. Within the next 100 years, there won't be 100 years of, of innovation. There will be 100,000 million years of innovation within the next 100 years. The accelerated law of returns basically states that the rate of progress within technology is exponential. And as I said, in the next 100 years, there will not be 100 years of progress. Instead, there will be hundreds of thousands of years of progress within the next 100 years at today's rate.